You're listening to Gospel-Centered Rest, a podcast by Grace Bible Church in Cambridge, Ontario, dealing with topics of life and theology, and how Christ's promise of rest for the weary and the heavy laden gives us strength for today and hope for tomorrow. Uh, we are back with another episode, and this week we are going to be talking about courage. And I uh, like always, well, most times, I'm joined with David Robinson and Byron Burton, and we are discussing the Word of God together, which is always a good thing to do, gentlemen. It's a good day. They're here. So, courage. Now, this past Sunday, David, you um, preached a sermon in Acts chapter 24, and you highlighted the theme of courage. And this coming Sunday, are you going to expand on that a little more, or what's the, yeah, what's the plan? Hopefully, the, the goal was um, to look at courage when we need public courage, mm. and then courage, what, what does private courage look like? So mm. when we have those one-on-one conversations. Yeah. And courage, I think, um, gives a, just gives a clarity of uh, message, of the message. Um, and, mm. and I think part of it is because behind the scenes of all of this, and I think we can forget this, um, God took a very, I think, who would have been a very discouraged person, Paul. Yeah. And he spoke directly to Paul and said, basically, I know things aren't going the way that you planned them to go, but have courage. So that's Acts 23, um, 11. Yeah, did, did you just want to walk us through yeah, the, the have context courage here? For as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so it is necessary for you to testify in Rome. So, you know, those moments where uh, God seems to speak uniquely into a situation, this is one of those moments for Paul, because I think Paul was hugely discouraged. And, I mean, he had gone into Jerusalem with good intentions. He had been kind, brought them a gift from the churches. That was heavy on his heart. Uh, He... Um, wanted to be as sensitive to the Jews as possible. So um, when James spoke to him, he said, I'll do it, you know, whatever you like, I'll, I'll do it. And still they wanted to tear him apart. Um, they wanted to ambush him. And now he's before Felix. So uh, he needed, the, the, uh, God said to him, you're like, have courage. You're going to have courage because, um, and he basically highlighted his sovereignty and his care. And actually, very interestingly, just before God's words, it said the Lord stood with him. And I think that's so encouraging to remember that the Lord stands with us. That's Mm -hmm. why we have courage. And you read that so often in the Old and New Testament, like, I am with you. Um, Those types of phrases and words. So it's exciting, I think, because we look at Paul, Paul, this, this, you know, this mighty apostle, but... Here's this Paul struggling um, and saying, man, I, I, and you, we know some of the, like the paths that we chose to yeah, honor God. Yeah. Paul wanted to go to Rome, and now it looked like yeah. now he's in prison, trapped, and the Jews are going to kill him, and they wanted to kill him, but God says, oh, you'll get to Rome um, just a different way, and that's much of our life. We get to live out our lives in a much different way than we often plan. What kind of st- stood out to me is... Um, is even when you're talking about the theme of courage, a character that comes to mind sometimes is a William Wallace from Braveheart. And you think of, you know, the courage of the man uh, that this, you know, he, he's, he's a fictional character, obviously. Um, I think there's some historical truth to it, but um, 
but it there there's a lot of licenses taken there but anyways but you but you can but you can think of how courage is is uh is just running into battle and like and like you know uh, getting an army around you and Mm -hmm. that's what courage is but the courage that we see displayed here that paul um, shows and that he has in the lord like you're saying has everything to do with god's presence Mm -hmm. and god's promises Mm -hmm. and it's not that kind of uh, dare he say like obnoxious um Mm -hmm. running after things kind of kind of courage but it's a it's just a solid, I'm resting in the promises of God and I'm standing on the promises of God kind of courage, mm-hmm. um, which, which, uh, which, is a, which is an important thing for us yeah. to understand, uh, especially in today's culture and uh, the, the pressures that we can feel to be courageous for certain things um, and to stand for certain things, but to just take a moment and ask, well, what does, what does that look like in like a context with what Paul was even faced with? Mm-hmm. I think... So I, I just appreciated that conversation on Sunday, um, the whole aspect and thinking of just what courage really is. Yeah, where does our courage come from? Mm-hmm. So, because we're, we're, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It's difficult to be courageous and to know that the Lord stands with us and um, He'll get us to the destination. That's God basically said, "I'm, I'm going to get you there." You may not like the path, but man, mm-hmm. He spoke to some pretty important people. And had some pretty amazing, I mean, he was speaking not only to Roman leadership, but Jewish leadership as well. And uh, connecting the Old Testament with the New Testament a lot. And, you know, Jews and Romans are there. Um, People who, you know, little Paul wouldn't, wouldn't really have an opportunity. So it became a greater opportunity for the spread of the gospel Mm -hmm. um, among many leaders at that time. It's astounding God's ways that we would never choose, but you know he he's good. Byron, did you have any thoughts from from this whole topic we were discussing? My mind leaps to another verse in a totally different context. Though Paul's the writer, he's talking about those who have died, and he says, "I want you to understand what's coming." And he explains how, though somebody might have died, it's not the end. They will rise again. We will join with them when Christ returns. And he ends it by saying, therefore, encourage each other with these words. That idea of the impact of knowing what God is doing, that he he knows what he's doing, that there's a purpose and a plan, and it may not be going the way we'd like it to. Mm -hmm. And the people he was talking to were grieving, and yet it's like him saying to Paul, yeah, it's, it's not what you had envisioned. And you think how discouraged he must have been. He had, you know, he did everything. He, yeah. he was caring for them, and yet they throw it in his face and they want to kill him, and how discouraging that is. But God says, no, have courage. Mm-hmm. I've got a purpose for you. I'm going to be going with you, so don't give up. Don't, don't just look at the circumstances. There's more than that. Mm. And you think, isn't that part of what Christianity is all about? We're not looking at this world. We're looking at God is bringing about his purposes. There is a greater, better future coming. And that can give us courage. Now, now, on Sunday, when you were talking about just like that, just that public courage, and mm-hmm. I guess even like what um, Byron was just talking about, um, hints towards that private Kind of yeah. courage that we that we find 
um, from the truths and the promises of God of the life to come uh, without giving away too much, I guess, yeah. for this coming no, Sunday. I'm, but what's the, what's the connection between the two? What is, what is the importance of having that kind of private courage when it, um, just in general? Yeah. So I, I thought what was interesting is Paul went from a public statement um, speech to a private conversation. And one of the things that I wrestled with when I was going through the text was we often say we need to be courageous, but what does courage actually look like? Like how do we, um, we know that God will give us courage, but in, in the big picture, how do I know that I'm being courageous? Because people can say a lot of things about, and sometimes when people say, well, you need to be courageous, they're actually saying you need to be more like me. Yeah. Which, because they have a certain personality. So, you know, someone who's outgoing, you have to be outgoing and get the message out there. And then this very introverted private person feels crushed because they're not a person of courage. So um, God said to Paul, I'm going to give you courage. And what did courage look like for Paul um, when he was public? And those are, you know, four of the five, four or five things that we mentioned where, you know, Paul was being personally attacked but he never strayed from the gospel. So he, was a, he could have stood up for himself and said, you know, and, and he does. I understand that he does at a level, but he kept his focus on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So he was a, he was a peacekeeper. He was a peacemaker. Um, so sometimes courage is staying um, on script, uh, the script of the gospel. And, and, you know, like people want the church to be many things, but the script of the church is Christ. It's, it's, to, it's to honor, it's to point people to Christ, um, the resurrection and the hope to come. Um, courage, uh, I love these, you know, um, just, he just stood up and said it. He said, I worship. Uh, mm-hmm. He said, um, after, you know, in, in, in such a beautiful personal moment, you have the greatness of God. And he says, I just worship this great God. And then he talks about, I have hope. And we think, I mean, I just think even standing up today and saying, I have hope in God, um, which these men uh, themselves also accept uh, that there will be a resurrection. Like the resurrection, to, I mean, just to have hope today in something beyond our, our small kingdoms. Um, I always strive to have a clear conscience, and um, he, he brought charitable gifts. So what, what does public courage look like? Staying on script. Yeah. Um, are we being peacemakers? Uh, I worship God. See, we, we try to define our courage by what we say and don't say and what we testify. Um, but Paul draws them into this experience with God, this relationship with God. Uh, and then he talks about, um, I have hope in the resurrection, just a clear conscience. And then, um, you know, he's, he's trying to give out charitable gifts and they're calling him an agitator. So that, I think that's a pretty good... Yeah. definition or picture of what public courage look like looks like so in in our culture today yeah peacemakers what should we be known as um those who worship god and and you know because god he's worthy of worship and then those who have a hope uh and then those who seek to live with a clear conscience and those who seek to be charitable charitable acts i mean paul came paul came to jerusalem charitable acts that was an act of courage um because people were warning him not to go um and he was misunderstood. Uh, there, he's being called an agitator, and here he is pouring out his heart um, yeah. and love for the people. So that's that's a great. I think that's a great picture of how we can be courageous. And whether you're extrovert, introvert, whatever it might be, 
that fits. That's a good picture of courage. Paul then talks to um, Felix, and um, he, he talks about three things. So what does it take? What are, what are three courageous discussions to have in our culture, just as um, Paul would have been courageous to have these discussions with Felix? Righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Mm. And so I, I think that's, again, another picture of courage um, that we, we like to talk about either it's the righteousness of Christ um, and when we talk about the righteousness of Christ, we're going to talk about our unrighteousness. Yes. And we're going to talk about all that that entails and all that Christ accomplished. Mm. So it's the, it's the heart of the gospel. And then the implication of the heart of the gospel is, I think, a beautiful definition of holiness um, in general terms, and that's self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, to live out our, our, our world's out of control right now. Our world is do anything you want, um, basically with no consequences, uh, because there is no God. And Paul says, you know, live with self-control. Um, and then finally he talks about the judgment to come. Very unpopular. Uh, but if we heard his public courage, we would heard him talk about the hope of the resurrection. So, um, you know, the judgment to come is we're spared. Christ has forgiven us. Um, and there's an eternal hope waiting because of the righteousness of Christ. And the change that takes place in us is self-control. Um, and then looking to eternity. So that, that to me is a private, like if we had a private conversation and you talked about those three things, that's courage. Mm-hmm. Now it doesn't have to be those three things. You, you could talk about one of them, like just even talking about self-control today, that not everything we feel is right, or not all emotions you know, should, should be set free and live out our emotions. Um, so yeah, pictures of courage and in a public and private setting. Good. Now, how would how would that when you think about what the uh, what we're facing like in the world today and um, the challenges and I mean you could take any topic and 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 apply this to it, but but what would you what would you say when somebody if somebody were to look at look at um, Paul's example here and look at somebody who's living out Paul's example here of what courage looks like. And they see that and they're like, well, he's just, he's just being a wimp because he's not, yep. you know, he's not, you know, he's not going after them like he should. And he's not calling down the things that he could as a, as an apostle and uh-huh. dropping the hammer that he, that he actually could. Yeah. Um, what would you say to, to someone that would look at someone who's, Who's um, who's showing the self-controlled kind of courage in their in their Christian walk in their engagement with the culture? And somebody's looking at that person, saying, "That person's a wimp." Yeah, <laughs> that's not courageous. Uh, you in, know, in the context, um, right after this, um, after chapter twenty-four, you got Acts twenty-five, where the Jews are asking now a new governor, Festus, to say ship him back to Jerusalem because they wanted to kill him. Mm. So Paul's courage to us um, as believers sounds amazing, but to the world it's incredibly offensive. Uh, the courage today isn't standing up for political opinions or you know on issues because you can find believers and unbelievers alike aligned, mm-hmm. and and that's good. I'm not that's not a bad thing. But the calling of the church, um, it, sometimes we lose the script. And sometimes people in their lives as they're leading their families or 
um, just living their lives lose the script. Because when, with Paul's public stand of courage, he's regrouping us. Yeah. Um, Paul could have gone off on any number of issues, but he focused on the resurrection. Um, and, and the implication of the resurrection is, um, I'm a peacemaker, I'm filled with worship, I'm filled with hope, um, I'm filled with charitable deeds, and man, I'm trying to keep a good conscience. I fail, but, but that's, that's my goal. Yeah. Um, and, and if you talk to people about righteousness, I mean, that term is up for grabs today. I mean, you could say righteousness is anything today. Um, or, you know, self-control. Like, that's offensive to people because who's telling me what self-control should look like? Um, you're limiting my freedoms or whatever else it might be. So, I, yeah, I, I think it's a great question. Um, and I think the church, uh, and especially leaders and pastors, seek to, to keep um, the script clear, mm-hmm. very clear. And it will be very offensive um, to, to stand up and talk about the resurrection. Because it, it's, it's exclusive as well. I mean, it's Jesus alone. And it's offensive because his righteousness, our unrighteousness, um, that's it's not a popular, never has been a popular approach. Well, I even think of, even, even, um, even with Christ's own example, he, he came, and he came for the purpose of providing salvation and eternal life and to seek and to save those who are lost. And that, that in itself made people angry because he wasn't going to deliver from this oppressive, this oppressive uh, Roman rule that yeah. a lot of people wanted him to deliver them from. And it's almost like, in a sense, um, Paul, is, Paul is preaching that gospel. He's focused on that gospel. That's his focus. And there's probably a lot of disappointed people that he's not doing what they expect him to do. And so they're yeah. you know, looking at him as someone who's weak, um, well, you, but, yeah, exactly. You could imagine Paul fighting, like we're, we're thinking Paul fighting, like just to get out of prison. Yeah. Um, and, and he does like, he's, he, he very strongly, um, he's basically saying, um, there's no witnesses here. Um, the people who should be here aren't here and they're just throwing stuff out. And if you, um, I, yeah. So, so Paul, but the interesting thing about Paul is while he does that, he is sharing the gospel in a profound way, um, and even in a sense, even more um, clearly, just because it's a longer speech in Acts twenty six about the, what the resurrection is and about yeah. who Jesus is and his testimony and his calling, and he just—it's almost like his courage builds. So he, he just keeps on—he keeps on hammering home um, the gospel, yeah. and and that is—that's massive. In our generation, imagine the church, um, one voice, um, being defined by the courage that's defined in Acts twenty-four. Byron, did you uh, have any thoughts? I've stolen all the time today. <laughs> <laughs> Byron fell asleep over there. So. <laughs> yeah, I could hear him snoring. No. <laughs> He's I not snoring was... and he's not sleeping for everyone no. who's listening and can't yeah. see. He's smiling and enjoying this moment. Just thinking Felix knew. Yeah. His wife's Jewish. Yeah. So he's yeah. familiar with the whole thing. And Paul's so wise in the way he approaches it. You know, he says, 
Oh, you know these things. Yeah. He takes a similar sort of thing with Festus. Mm. But just how Luke summarizes it in 24 and 25, he says he spoke to him, he listened to him on the subject of faith in Christ Jesus. And then, as you pointed out, as he spoke about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, they're, they're right on top of each other. Yeah. They're the same thing. That's right. That if you're really going to talk about faith in Christ Jesus, exactly. you're not just talking about, yeah. Jesus, please take me and yeah. forgive my sin, and I'm good until I go to heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah. What it is is this righteousness, self-control, and judgment to come, and that's, says Felix, became afraid. That, that that's reality so of... True. Hey, this isn't mm. light stuff. Th- yeah. This isn't just pie in the sky. Yeah. This is some serious consequences to the choices we're making in life. Mm-hmm. And yet he's prepared to say that yeah. and to lay that out. And and he's respectful. Obviously, Felix has his own agenda, as Luke points out, you know, hoping for a bribe on the side yeah. and that yeah. sort of stuff. But just how he conducted, and you mentioned earlier, Tyler, the, you mm. know, Paul doesn't drop the hammer. And I was reading something earlier this week just talking about how the apostles typically don't drop the hammer on people. Jesus' words, you know, the Gentiles lord it over, don't be like that. And even when they had the right to do it, you see them choosing not to, but Mm -hmm. to be gracious, like with Philemon and other places like that. It's just how do we reflect the grace of Christ mm-hmm. and how we deal with people even when they're opposed and, and coming from a very different perspective. Yeah. And probably even Paul's strongest language that's written would be from Galatians. And even like as you're reading Galatians, you're just like you're like you're you're sensing the intensity of and because there are some pretty intense things going on. You're sensing the intensity even with first and second Corinthians, but you can't walk away from reading those books in their entirety and just just see how much grace like is is there and uh and just like a loving father or a pastor to to the church um to a church that is that is in um that could be turning their back on christ and and even even in the the intense language like that that he uses it's just it it's full of grace and and it's a it's a hammer but it's but it's not like what we can experience hammers being dropped mm-hmm. in our culture today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I know we have to wrap it up, but I, I think that what the summary of all of this comes at the end of chapter 26. Remember when yeah. um, Agrippa says, are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? Yes. And then Paul said, and I think this kind of summary, like he, he takes everything that he's done through these four chapters, five chapters, um, because next he's going to hop on a ship and get shipwrecked, uh, which is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess not surprising. But he says this, I wish before God that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you but all who listen to me today might become as I am. That's courage. Can we stand before people and say that you would become um, as I am except, with, except for these chains? Um, to live out the gospel with courage, righteousness, self-control, hope of the resurrection in our hearts, um, journeying with people through the gospel, journeying with ourselves through the gospel, knowing that uh, knowing that God has us and He stands beside us. Yeah. So and it's even, a beautiful summary. 
even for Paul to get to that end of that conversation with Agrippa and Agrippa's like, I, 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 I could have been convinced. And he even says, if only this man wouldn't have appealed to Caesar, I would have yeah. just let him go. Yeah. I mean, he's like, whatever he, he's That's like such a cowardly, yeah. he's like, he's like this guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's like, he's like this guy obviously, um, wasn't, um, wasn't guilty of what, yeah. of what others are, are calling on him. But Agrippa's still like, you know, I could have let you go, but yeah. And, and the amazing thing about that is he's going to go to Rome. Yeah. And, He's going to do more damage, yeah. Um, in in the sense, from a worldly perspective, because the gospel is going to spread even further. Um, the Jews should have just let him go, yeah. and and say, okay, he's just disturbing us for a while, but now he's going to leave. Now he's going to go to Rome and have a big, you know, an, an extremely big platform. Yeah. So and praise God, the Lord. God wins. Yeah, Amen. Yep. Well, thank you for that discussion, gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>